Thanks for listening to Value-Based Care Insights, a podcast by Lumina Health Partners. My name is Daniel Marino. And I'm Shelley Chopra. In each episode, we dive into disruptive success strategies for healthcare organizations, leveraging our experience and having worked with some of the industry's top experts and thought leaders. Before we dive into today's episode, we would like to invite you to leave us a review on Apple Podcast and let us know what you think about the episode and what you'd like to hear next. In today's episode, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about what organizations need to think about as they prepare their analytics infrastructure to support risk-based contracting and many of the value-based care initiatives that are starting to be incorporated within these organizations. Shelly, I thought we would spend maybe a couple of minutes talking about what some of the problems are or what organizations are really struggling with as they start to create these actionable insights. In your opinion, what are the top two or three things that you see organizations are really struggling with and you know what these leaders are really focused on as they begin to build their analytics platform? Absolutely, Dan. You know, more often than not, some of the top questions I hear from healthcare executives is, where do I really begin? in building the analytics infrastructure. They intuitively know they have to establish the foundation of data-driven decision-making, but what they struggle with is how do they organize the massive amount of data they have within the organization, but turn it into insights that are driving actions, not just informing of performance, but really driving the next question that must be asked. The second question I often hear organizations struggle with is they have either already invested in an analytics infrastructure or a platform. You know, often the first times they'll start is to invest in technology, but then do not know how to build the bridge between technology and operations. So really the outputs from the technology platform are really driving the operational workflow. So it's really how to bring the technology, the data, and the operations together in a way that's driving the actions. Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. You know, when I talk to physicians, um, what physicians are really struggling with is how do they be able, how can they get the right level of reporting that translates Mm -hmm. well to their workflow so they actually can do something with it? And as an example, you know, in many of these value-based contracts, physicians are asked to influence, say, patients with diabetes, right? And Mm -hmm. to offer all of these different programs and these interventions. And if they only knew sort of how risky or what the risk stratification was on these diabetic patients, they would begin Mm -hmm. to understand how they can then incorporate different levels of interventions and really not only manage that within their practice, but manage that across the network. So in my mind, it's sort of really comes down to not not only producing the right level of reporting, but making that report actionable so it translates well to providers within their workflow so they actually can do something with that level of data. Absolutely. You know, another example that jumps to my mind, really looking at it from the executive's perspective is leakage analysis. That's usually the most common report most analytic platforms will produce, which is looking at the heat map of where the different services are being provided and where they're going out of the network. 
The missing gap here, usually for executives, is really translating that into how does that map against their current portfolios of services and providers that the organization has within the network? And where is it financially valuable to really either bring in more services or more specialties? In other words, how do they really understand ROI of different decisions they're going to make based on this heat map or leakage analysis? So really, you know, building the bridge from understanding the flow between in-network and out-of-network to the organization's overall strategy and financial goals as a network and the expansion goals. So really, how do you, to your point, take the report, but really translate that into decision-making is often the missing link. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, when you think about it for organizations, there's three, really three primary categories of data. They mm-hmm. have, you know, they're, they're getting the claims data now from the payers. And in my mind, the, the claims data really tells organization what's going on with the patient. So they'll tell them, you know, what this medical spend is. Uh, they may tell them where they're being treated. But it doesn't get into the why. Why is this happening? And really, you get the why, answer the why question from the clinical data. So if you're mm-hmm. able to incorporate the clinical data, then that becomes really important to really gain even you know, a deeper level of insight and really make that, that information truly actionable. And then, of course, the third level is that social determinant data. And that's a little harder to get, but boy, if, if organizations could start to really build that within their platform, it then starts to tell that 360-degree picture on really what's occurring with the patients. Absolutely. And, you know, Dan, what drives really how that analytic infrastructure is built, what data points, you know, for example, that social determinant data, what relevant clinical data points must be really built into the workflow so that data is discreetly gathered is really driven by not the analytics platform, not the reports that need to be produced, but really going all the way back to what are the questions that must be answered. What are the top strategic goals and operational goals? It's almost inverting the model where the data and the technology comes in last, but what's leading is what are we solving for? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, in some cases, sometimes that level of information is taken for granted. And, you know, what, what we hear a lot of times is organizations have a lot of data, but they don't have a lot of good information. And mm-hmm. what I'm seeing particularly across the country, these high-performing healthcare organizations are really focused on building what we would call their analytic ecosystem, where it it really looks at four categories, right? And, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of building on what you had mentioned, focusing first on the strategic priorities. What are we solving for? What is our goal here in terms of the you know, what we want to achieve as an organization? And then really thinking about what are the operational initiatives? From there, you then could begin to build that operational insight and lastly, the data that will drive those insights in order to achieve the operational initiatives and the strategic goals of the organization. Absolutely. And you know, Dan, what that helps organizations do is really prevent the most common pitfall that we see where organizations really all the money and the time and the resources 
are poured in and almost lost in this big black hole of aggregating all the data. It is a very lengthy, very time-intensive uh, and a very resource-intensive process, whereas the alternate approach, if we really try to take the approach of building this analytic blueprint or the ecosystem that's being driven by operational initiatives, that's being driven by use cases, then what that allows the organization to do is really prioritize what data must be aggregated first, what part of it needs to be uh, real-time, discrete, what can be referential, what can be you know, retrospective, and what really needs to be real-time. It really allows them to really break the big giant problem into smaller bite-sized pieces. And, and the cycle of ingesting the data, aggregating the data, producing analytic insights, it becomes more iterative and the stakeholders start seeing results and value more frequently. And that's really what helps build the confidence in the data-driven decision-making. Because at the end of the day, all of this work that we're going to do with analytics is really in the service of building a culture of data-driven decision-making, which is at the heart of value-based care operations there. So really you know, changing the paradigm and breaking it into small pieces and use cases-driven. Yeah, you know, as you were describing that, it reminds me of a of a recent conversation that I was having with a, of a CFO of of this large healthcare organization, and this particular organization is investing a lot in value based care initiatives. And one of the things that he said to me was, Dan, one of the things that really keeps me up at night is how quickly do we move into the into value based care? How quickly do mm-hmm. we start to you know, transition our patients, even in the, in the acute arena, from, you know, um, fee-for-service into fee-for-value. And frankly, he was really concerned that he would be decreasing his fee-for-service revenue um, mm-hmm. too quickly and not having the value-based contracts um, to really support that. And so his question kind of gets back to exactly what you described he needs to really know, or he was really asking for the level of information that would help understand the pace of change, understand Mm -hmm. the culture dynamics, understand what the implications were for the organization as they shift some of their, let's say, you know, acute volume into the ambulatory volume. So he could again make these economic-based decisions really based on the information that he gets and to make sure he wasn't jeopardizing the overall financial position of the organization. I think a lot of CFOs, a lot of leaders in particular are really struggling with that. Absolutely, Dan. And that is really the type of value that we need to position the analytic outputs to be supporting there. You know, know, most of the time organizations sort of get lost in, um, you know, what I call transactional analytic outputs. You know, what is my leakage? What is my cost of care? Looking at data retrospectively. But really where we need to start is, for example, the question you mentioned that's top of CFO's mind, where do we start? How quick do I implement change? What can I see anticipate in terms of outcomes? What do I need to prepare for financially to really go through this change? And where are my pitfalls? So being able to leverage analytics to do those kind of, you know, what the term I use is value modeling or or what if scenario planning is really where we see the value, the true value of analytics coming in. 
again, going back to start with the strategic questions in mind, back into what are operational initiatives that are being put in place or being considered to support the strategic outcomes, and then get into what analytic outcomes you know, needs to be produced, finally getting into what type of data do I need to pick and choose to support that versus first building the massive data aggregation foundation. So it's really inverting that model there. Yeah, it's almost creating an approach where you're helping organization realize that they don't have to boil the ocean, right? Mm -hmm. Starting out slow, starting out very focused. And, you know, one of the things that um, I was impressed with on a recent engagement that you were involved in, you helped the organizations work through, you know, this vision-backed approach of really thinking about what they wanted to solve for, right? And really thinking about, you know, what are the problem statements that help us um, consider what we're solving for, and then the, you know, working backwards, what is the information and data that we need? I think that's a critical process that many organizations really need to go through to make sure that as they're building their analytics ecosystem, they're doing it in such a way that it's financially responsible and it's pragmatic. I think being able to incorporate a lot of those elements are really what's going to drive some of those, that, that level of success. Absolutely. And Dan, you would, you know, often we assume we all know what the problems we're solving for. Yet in my experience working with the executive teams, what I find is it's imperative to take a pause and bring the team together. And this is where your governance comes into play, is to bring the key stakeholders together and really developing a common understanding, common vocabulary of the questions that are being solved for. Is everybody in alignment on the goals? The goals that are top of mind from a CFO perspective might be slightly different than what a medical officer is looking at in terms of operationalizing. Really helping develop that common vision, the sequence of questions or use cases, as I call them, that we will really tackle through analytics goes a long way in providing clarity of the actual technical work plans for the IT team to say, here's the order in which I need to tackle trying to get the right data and produce the right reports, versus usually what ends up happening is IT team spends tons of money, a lot of time, aggregating a lot of data, producing fancy reports, but they're really not answering the questions at top of the mind for the stakeholders because there's no common understanding. So this vision back approach really allows for alignment between stakeholders and provides clarity to the IT analytics team or order in which they need to produce the analytic insights. And really in the end, it's driving action versus producing static reports. And that's really the shift we need to make as we look at the analytics ecosystem. Yeah, absolutely. And, and especially the, I think the point around creating clarity, I think is really important. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, in, in working with many organizations and in particular, you know, even a lot of the analytic vendors, um, what we've started to identify is there's sort of these must-haves that you need to think about as you're building your analytics ecosystem within a provider organizations. And then there's these myths, right, that, you know, folks sort of think about they have to, for instance, spend a lot of money to get an analytics tool that's, you know, is going to be um, their panacea and, and frankly solve all their problems, which, you know, is, is certainly a myth. It just, it just doesn't work. Maybe you can kind of speak for a few minutes or talk for a few minutes about the musts 
related to the must-haves related to an analytic ecosystem versus what are some of those myths that you're seeing right now that just frankly just don't work? Absolutely. You know, I think the very first one, and we've touched upon this already multiple times, is having a clear understanding of the strategic priorities, having clarity around that, having agreement around that amongst the stakeholders, because that's what's going to drive the pace at which the value is created out of the analytics. Um, And then really leveraging data, the way we produce the analytic outcomes and the way those analytic outcomes are operationalized really sets the tone of creating the culture of data-driven decision-making because it's a very big mindset shift in value-based care where the decisions are really based on data. So it's important then to have the right governance infrastructure to manage the quality of data, to manage the, the confidence in the data. So really that culture of data-driven decision-making can be established. And, you know, again, I come back to no need to boil the ocean. Step one should not be let's get all the claims data and all the clinical data and every piece of data we have and start aggregating it. If we really break it into small digestible pieces driven by the use cases, then we can set the pace at which data needs to be ingested and the outcomes need to be produced so they can be operationalized and be driving the actions there. So I think those are some of the key must-haves organizations have to keep in mind as they develop this analytic blueprint. Yeah, and then I think some of the myths that I often, we often see is, and I, and I sort of mentioned it before, is that um, you know, organizations don't necessarily have to go out and spend millions of dollars on an analytics tool. At some point they may have to, but there are some things that they can start to do now by even just incorporating claims data in a SQL database and having a Tableau front end and just you know running some of the reports based on, on that level of, of technology. Um, I think the other thing too is that you know, you, if you're focused on what you're trying to solve for, right, your data analytics and and really just your whole approach can be very targeted very focused very pragmatic so it doesn't need to cost you a lot of money and i think you can do it in such a way where you can produce organizations actually can produce this level of insight pretty quick it does not need to take you know six eight twelve months or even multi-years to get that level of of information and then i think the last piece was is that you know organizations have to think about as they become what we would call risk ready in a value based care world they do have to think about how the data becomes actionable and then what you're going to do with that data how you then incorporate it into you know care management information that translates well into your provider community and certainly within the clinical workflows and even helps your CFOs then begin to understand what the implications are as you as the organization starts to move into value-based care. Absolutely. I think that's a key point, Dan. It's not just about uh, producing that analytic output, but how it then gets integrated into the workflow how that gets integrated into the decision-making process is, you know, sort of that last mile that often gets 
you know, lost in the shuffle there. And that's really where you realize the value of analytics is how you operationalize it and how you use it to drive the actions and the decisions. Yeah, agreed. And I'll tell you, data is becoming, you know, more and more important um, as organizations move into value-based care. And even more important than the data, it's really the information that you're creating out of that level of data. Um, so as, you know, as we've talked about today, Shelley, I think these are important points. Um, I think as organizations take that pragmatic approach and really think about what they're solving for, incorporating, you know, the data that they have uh, in such a way that it does become actionable and it's solving their problem. I think that's really what is going to make the difference for a lot of these organizations. Absolutely. And, you know, Dan, um, we've covered a lot of good points and there's a lot to be learned uh, from today's episode. I also look forward to continuing our conversation in the next episode where we dive in deeper into this topic. To our listeners, we want to thank you for listening to the Value-Based Care Insights podcast by Lumina Health Partners. Lumina is your partner in your journey to value-based care, and we look forward to hearing from you. To learn more about us, visit us on our website, www.luminahp.com. And if you found today's podcast, today's conversation valuable, we'd love for you to leave a review on Apple Podcast. You can subscribe to us on all major podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us again next time, where we'll be inviting one of our client colleagues. And as Shelly said, diving into a real-time example on how this particular organization created a real sound analytic strategy and produced some real actionable insights to really help drive a lot of their value-based care initiatives. <laughs>